This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. What, what I can't believe, and we're going to see it in the Detroit series, I have not looked far ahead enough to the Colorado series. I mentioned to you last time that the Mets have faced a lefty starter in every series they've played. Every one of them, okay? They've played how many series? We're now a month into the season, at least one lefty. We saw it Friday with Max Fried and Atlanta. They are about to face two lefties in Detroit. Joey Wentz is going to pitch the Wednesday game. Eduardo Rodriguez is going to pitch the Thursday game. And it's frustrating because the Met options against left-handed pitching is not ideal. Uh, Buck Showalter still feels Tommy Pham needs to face lefties. Pass. Look, here are some lessons we've learned over the last few days, okay? Brett Beatty has to play every bleeping day. Okay, this discussion, and it's not even a discussion. It's just what Buck did upon calling up Beatty where he wouldn't face lefties enough. He hits a home run off a lefty out of the bullpen. You started the guy against Max Freed. Thank God. I think he's earned it. And and you know what? I'm going to be confident here, Pete. He's going to play every day because think about the way Buck handles the kids. Calls up Alvarez, doesn't play him right away. Now he's pretty much playing him all the time. Beatty, not going to start him against lefties. Starts him against Freed. I think the momentum will be built, kind of like how Alvarez now plays two out of every three games, that Beatty's going to face lefties. I guess what he doesn't want to do is give these kids anything, just doesn't want to hand it to them. So instead, it's, okay, go earn it. Well, Alvarez has earned more playing time, I think, and certainly Brett Beatty's earned the time against lefties. So that brings us back to the DH. It's Escobar. That's it. I don't want to hear anything else, right? I'm done with Tommy Pham. I'm not DFAing Tommy Pham, though. If you want to, I'm not opposed to it. Uh, Eduardo Escobar should be the designated hitter on Wednesday and Thursday against the lefty, period. That's where we're at. And Tim LaCastro's on a rehab assignment. Did you see that, Pete? Well, if he's on a rehab assignment, get Tommy Pham ready with his DFA papers because <laughs> how else is LaCastro getting on this team? And they miss LeCastro. Seriously, that speed off the bench, that ability to steal a base at any point, like, don't devalue it. He's more valuable than Tommy Pham is. Like, who are we kidding? Yeah, well, if you listen to Buck, I mean, we may see Beatty go back down. That's 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 impossible. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, I agree, but that's just, I just, listen, Buck is beginning, he's beginning to be the worst liar in history. He's only fooling himself. Like, no yeah, one believes nah, he's, he's saying. there are certain things I just don't take seriously. Like, I mean, he's, he's kind of proven that and it's whatever his shtick works and the Mets win mostly. So I'm not, I'm not anti buck, but yeah, he's, he's a BSer. That's, that's what he is. I I think with Verlander coming back on Wednesday and Scherzer coming back on Tuesday, 
I wonder if it gives the Mets maybe the possibility of carrying one less reliever. You know, we've talked about that since the beginning of the season that, you know, do you really need 13 pitchers? Can you possibly go with 12? I don't know, with a rotation that appears to finally be healthier than it's been over the last few weeks, obviously with Max, it was the suspension. Do you feel, not first time around, because Verlander's going to have a pitch count, but eventually, if they can get a turnaround in the rotation of keeping an extra position player, because that's how you get LeCastro back on the roster. How else are you getting him back on the roster? I just don't think they're going to DFA fam. Um, they paid him $6 million, $6 million, I think, is his salary. I would just be surprised this early in the season to admit a failure or a mistake, even if it's not a grave mistake. But Castro's rehabbing, so he's he's on his way. And and quite frankly, if Escobar DHs against lefties, which he should, where's the value in Tommy Pham? I mean, I don't see it. Oh, because he can pinch hit for Daniel Vogelback? Great. That's fantastic. Guy's not a hit in a month. <laughs> well, listen, I mean, the, the, the problem is, though, you're – we still have a, a pitching staff that really can't consistently get in deep innings. So until they could show that they get to at least the the seventh, like they have to at least finish six innings consistently. And I know that's ridiculous that, that we've been talking like that, like, oh, that's the big, that's the that's the benchmark we need to see. But that's the reality right now. There's no way that you can get rid of a bullpen arm if you're getting four and a half, five innings of, of, of pitchers. No. You're right. You're you're a thousand percent right. They're, they can't do it yet. It's more the hope of, wow, a healthy rotation. If guys, especially Verlander and Scherzer, can be the innings eaters we thought they'd be, that it could lead to that. But think about it this way, and it's, it's kind of crazy. We're a month into this baseball season, right? We're one month in. Justin Verlander is about to make his first start as a Met. Max Scherzer made four of them and threw 19 innings. So the New York Mets from the two aces who are making $88 million combined, whatever the figure is, got 19 innings in the first month of the year from Verlander and Scherzer. And the positive way to look at it is that despite only getting those innings, they're 16 and 13, which was not a bad beginning of the season. I'm not 16 and 13 is not amazing, but they've gotten literally nothing from Verlander and Scherzer Quintana hasn't pitched. Carrasco's been a disaster. I mean, think about what the rotation was supposed to be, what they've gotten from it. The fact they're 16 and 13 is almost a miracle. Oh, and by the way, our the best closer in baseball has been hurt all season long and won't come back. I mean, you have I hate to do this, but like you look at what this roster has done, it's overexceeded to start the season. It re- it really has. Like the expectations are always high with the Mets now with Cohen. But they've they've overachieved with how what they started with. Well, especially with what the rotation has looked like. Now the rotation is starting to get healthier. We mentioned Scherzer's back from his suspension, had to be pushed back a day because of the rain. Now he's going to return on Tuesday in Detroit tonight in Detroit. If you're listening on Tuesday, Verlander the following day there'll be a restrictive pitch count on him. Then they bumped up Lucchese a day because they want to give Kodai Senga as much time between starts as humanly possible. So we know. That over the next four days, you're looking at Scherzer, Verlander, Lucchese, and then Kodai Senga. And then naturally, it would come back to Tyler McGill, who I thought was at least pretty effective in this game against Atlanta. And then it leads to Carlos Carrasco, who, according to Buck Showalter, is on his way back. 
Here's how I would view the Carrasco situation, because right now this rotation feels sort of set with Scherzer, Verlander, Senga, McGill, Lucchese. It's like nice, neat, and organized. There's your rotation. David Peterson's been returned to AAA. If you want to add Carrasco, fine. I don't think I'm bumping anybody, though. I think I would treat Carrasco as the sixth man and, and kind of take it by year, see how he pitches, see how McGill and Lucchese pitch, see if Verlander and Scherzer and Senga remain healthy. But clearly with the way they feel about Senga and giving him extra rest and the fact that Verlander and Scherzer are old men, I, I, we talked about this before the year started, certainly with some different names. I got no issue adding Carrasco, but it's not going to be at the at the cost of one of the other guys at this point. I think it would be more just adding a sixth man because I don't even know what to expect from Carrasco. He was so bad prior to his injury. So that's how I would treat Carrasco if he really is on his way back, like Buck said, in the next couple of weeks. Is there any possibility if Carrasco just can't give you anything spectacular that he goes to the bullpen? I don't know. I don't think they would do that to him. I don't know how useful he can be out of the bullpen. I think if Carrasco ever ends up in the bullpen, that's going to be more of a September thing. I, I doubt they would do it this early, but there's a use for Carlos Carrasco because, again, the Mets are always going to want to have that sixth starter at the ready. We could go through every guy in the rotation outside of like Lucchese and McGill, the young guys, and explain why they could use extra days here and there. The Mets are clearly aggressive with that, with Kodai Sango. So it's not a bad thing that Carrasco's coming back necessarily. I just, I wouldn't start the debate of, ooh, who should he replace? He shouldn't replace anybody. <laughs> I mean, at this point, like, McGill and Lucchese deserve to remain in the rotation. Now, can that change two starts from now? Of course it can. Absolutely. I think both those guys have to treat every five days like they're pitching or remain, you know, remain major leaguers. They ain't guaranteed anything. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Do you think uh, that Francisco Alvarez will catch Kodai Senga this year? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's the million dollar question <laughs> hey is Kodai Senga ever going to pitch and then when he does will Francisco Alvarez catch him um I think they may stay away from that for a while just because they're clearly handling Senga with care they're clearly trying to be very careful with him one other thing I I, I noticed that Daniel Murphy is off to a great start with the Long Island Ducks uh, legitimately hit a home run I think he's like five for 13, something of that nature. And so I saw it. I was checking the box scores. I haven't watched any highlights, but I was just checking it out. I was impressed by the fact he's playing second base. He's not even DHing. He's going out there and playing second base. I'm dead serious about this. And I'm not going to tell you, oh, they should sign him and put him in the major leagues. I'm not suggesting that. What I am suggesting is they should sign him only because I would rather see that guy at AAA and AA if he really wants to make a baseball comeback, and we know what kind of hitter he can be, and challenge him against guys that are closer to the major leagues and not the independent league. Because the problem is, and this has nothing to do with like a love affair for Daniel Murphy. It's more 
I don't think we can judge how he is by hitting up on independent league pitching. I just don't, like, I'm not going to sit here every Rico and make a big deal out of it. I'm mentioning it now because of this, I, this thought of bring him in, just send him to triple a because when you're facing triple a pitching, you are one step away from the major leagues. You really get an idea if a guy still has it. If I had to guess, I don't think Daniel Murphy has anything left. If I'm being honest, I don't think he does, but I've noticed that he's off to a good start in Long Island. And if I'm the Mets, especially because of my history with him and the fact that could they use a left-handed DH? Sure. Daniel Vogelback goes down with an injury or Daniel Vogelback continues to take 3-1 fastballs right down the middle. It's not the craziest thing in the world. So I'd give him a contract. I'd bring him to AAA and just keep an eye on him and see if he really has anything left. Well, you you make it sound like he's – I don't want to say uh, – listen, he's hurt, he was hurt, which is part of the reason why he killed his career. He, he retired. But you make it sound like he's not better than a lot of these guys who are defensive replacements. Like he's better bat than Guillaume. You know what I mean? Like I'm not trying to – Well, yeah, but Guillaume is a great glove. Like Guillaume isn't there for his bat. He's there for his glove. And I'll challenge you on this. Daniel Murphy last played baseball in 2020, and when he played in 2020, he looked done. Now, you want to tell me it was health-related. It's now been three years. He's 38 years old. Like, I don't know what he is. I can't even assume he's that much better of a major league offensive player than Luis Guillermo. I don't know the answer. It's been three years. I'm saying, though, if you put him in AAA, maybe we have a better idea. You know, he goes down to AAA and hits 360. We get, a, I'd say, sure, why not bring him up? But if he goes down there and it's 225, we're not going to waste our time. But we've seen there is history of these older guys finding one or two seasons left at the end of the tank. Like, look at Matt Carpenter. He looked done. And Yankees last year, he found his swing, and he's doing okay in San Diego right I, now. I, what all I'm saying is, is he's probably done. The only way to find out is to have him at AAA. Like, we're not learning anything for us. I mean, obviously, for Daniel and for the Long Island Ducks, it's great. Good for him being down there. But for you and I and for any Met fan who wants him to help the team, not just some kind of nostalgic kick, I can't tell you he has anything left based on what he's doing with the Ducks. But if you're really interested and you're the New York Mets, you sign him to a minor league contract, you stick him with one of your minor league affiliates, specifically AAA or AA, and you find out what he has. And you, you kind of challenge him that way. That's all I'm saying. Uh, one quick email. And we'll obviously do another Rico after the Detroit series coming up. But I thought this was fun. From Andrew Wass. First of all, put it in the books. Robertson just closed out the Braves with a six-inning save, which I don't agree with, but I'll take the W. Now we don't have Robertson tomorrow. I really don't understand that. Buck has made a few decisions lately. I could more than nitpick. Anyway, interesting stuff. Uh, I have an old baseball question for you that's very Rico appropriate. If you could pick one player from any era to field an entire team with, who would it be? And if you pick a guy and Hoff picks a guy, whose team do you think would win? I don't know why I find this fascinating. For me, it'd be Ricky Henderson. Imagine a team of eight Rickies out there running the bases and playing the field. That'd be wild to do the same thing, but just pick someone from uh, someone who was a Met. Um, well, I guess it could still be Ricky, but I would want a more established Met. I'd go David Wright. Good enough arm. He could probably get some outs pitching fast enough to play the outfield. Could probably play all the infield positions decently, except maybe shortstop. Anyway, 
What do you think? <laughs> so the guy's question is one guy and the entire team is nine of those guys. Oh, um, well, there goes every single left-hander. You can't do a left-hander at shortstop. I tell you the guy right now. Who? Jeff McNeil. Mm. I, t- I tell you why. Because, hey, Jeff McNeil could pretty much play everywhere. He could play second. He could play first. He could play third. He could play the outfield. Can he play short? Fine. He also would cause the opposing pitcher's pitch count to explode because there'd be at least three or four at-bats in which he gives you like a nine-pitch at-bat, which is fouling pitches off. Nimmo would be good, too. Like, offensively, Nimmo would be a great choice, but I don't trust him defensively at every position. So I'd go with nine Jeff McNeils. Your thoughts? It's nice, but it's not enough power at times. Like, he's a good hitter, but is he going to single people to death? I, yes. I don't know. Going up against Ricky Henderson, he'll he'll get those singles and make them out. That's true. He's so fast. Like, doubles and triples. <laughs> um, so, but it could be any error, though, right? Yeah. Hey, you want to okay. go with Willie Mays? No, I'm not going to go Willie. I'm not going to go Willie. Um, this is tough. For some reason, like shortstop is in my head. Let me think of the shortstop that I would be. Jose no. Reyes. No, it's just not. It's not good. At it. He's he, not enough talent there. I like the David Wright aspect of it, but how about Jacob Degrom? He could pitch and play shortstop, and well, not a bad thinking, hitter. I was thinking Shohei Otani, but that's just no. Does that you, you got to pick a Met? Andrew oh. wants us to pick Mets, not Shohei Otani. He's on. gonna be a Met. Did you see the jersey? Wait till next year. <laughs> uh, all right. If it's if it's gonna be a Met, then it has to be Howard Johnson. Hojo. Oh yeah. my god. All right. I my team Hojo. will win. My team will win easily. By the way, one unrelated Met thing: Luisa Rise is hitting four thirty-eight. I just want to point that out because I know it felt like he was only getting hits against us when the Mets were playing the Marlins earlier this season. He has a five hundred on base percentage. And he's leading Major League Baseball with a ridiculous 438 batting average. Insane. But he only has seven extra base hits. So he'll single you to death, like you said about Jeff McNeil. Nah, rise is <laughs> tremendous. Tremendous, tremendous. Uh, we got another Rico after the Detroit series. I doubt we'll do an instant reaction to any of these two games. Maybe we will, though, because Verlander's making his debut. And obviously Scherzer's making his return. But the Mets head to Detroit, and they head to this stretch of games against some bad teams. Hopefully, they take care of business. Email the pod anytime, therecob at gmail.com, therecob at gmail.com. We appreciate you listening and downloading Rico Bronya. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronya podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times. <laughs>